Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sheerlux's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sheerlux partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sheerluxvip.com. Welcome to the Sheerlux Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Lou Half, and Becky Hull. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. What has everybody been watching this week? I have just started watching Friends from College Yay. under your recommendation, Charlotte, and I really like it. It's good, Sometimes right? Sometimes it goes a little bit too high school and you're like, you're too old to be acting like that. One of the main guys who's having the affair, mm. he irritates me sometimes. FYI, not a spoiler alert. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. Even actually in the second series, it veers even more into kind of slightly silly territory. Yeah. Quite extreme characters. Yeah. But it's really good. It's nice to actually have a series that's only half an hour. Sometimes you just want to dip in and out of something mm. and it's perfect for that. Mm, completely agree. Becky? I've been watching, this is a bit rogue, League of Their Own. They do this one where they go on tour, so I've been watching the new League of Their Own on tour, and it's now just Freddie Flintoff and Jamie Redknapp. I mean, this is rogue, but it's so (laughs) funny, and like they have Anthony Joshua on it, so if you're a fan. I love Um, him. And they just do loads of different challenges all the time, like Jerry Horn is in it. It's just a good laugh, especially in winter when you're just feeling a bit naff, and I'm constantly watching like serial killer things, so I think I just need to take the pressure off that is, that is such a good point I also have a recommendation that isn't people dying and it's so refreshing <laughs> yes, it's so, so nice. refreshing I always like have it on in the background because I agree it's really yeah. funny and their first ever road trip when they were in the States oh is like my... one of the most laugh out loud pieces of television I literally cry with laughter yeah. and Alan Carr is in this one He's oh, in I love the first Alan episode. Carr honestly I was physically crying <laughs> with laughter have you seen the episode where they joined Cirque du Soleil yes. on their road trip and like James Corden's doing all these like sex you're right it is it crying is. It's on Sky One and it's um, Sky. Okay. Well, if you, yeah, well if you do have Sky, it's a sports panel show hosted by James Corden and they've got two team leaders which were for a long time Freddie Flintoff and Jack Whitehall. And Jack Whitehall. But it's now Romesh Ranganathan yes. having replaced Jack, Jack Whitehall. Yeah. yeah. But they're not sporty. No, but then the people on the panels are right. sports. Yeah. And it's really funny. It is so yeah. funny. I highly recommend it if you, you can. You don't have to be into sports either. No, I mean I am like the least sporty person. <laughs> I have not lifted a finger in months, but it just <laughs> cracks me up, honestly. But good to watch with a boy who is into sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heather, what about you? Has anyone else been watching Shipwrecked? <gasps> Anybody? No. No. Back in 2002, I think mm. I was. Yeah, so I think the original one, I was really shocked, started in 1999. What? Which I was oh. like, what? Whoa. For anyone who might not know or remember, it was kind of like Love Island before Love Island existed. It was a bit like Survivor, but with kind of young, hot people. So basically, yeah, there are two rival teams on two different islands and every week new arrivals come and the each island has to try and win them over. And then at the end, whoever has the most people on the island win a 
load of money. But I heard so many stories about this. Like there was actually hotels on the mm. island. And I'm absolutely oh. convinced and there were. And everyone was shacking up yeah. together, including like the producers oh and my the cameramen. God, really? I heard they had like Ooh. barrels and barrels of condoms on those islands. Oh, yeah. I did not know any yeah. of that. <laughs> but anyway, I decided to just give it a go just to fill the Love Island void. So they brought it back after what, like 15 minutes? Back, yeah. yeah, for after a long time. It used to be on, on a Sunday morning on T4 back when that existed. Okay. Oh, love and, and is it more like Bear Grylls at Island or is it more Love Absolutely Island? Absolutely not. It's more <laughs> Love Island. Okay. They've already got like everything made for them, whereas I seem to remember before they had to kind yeah. of yeah. make their own, you know, hut. And that was half the thing to attract new islanders. It was like, oh, well, we've got better accommodation yeah. or we built a hot tub or, you know, something ridiculous like that. <laughs> Basically, it's not very good. So... And <laughs> why? <laughs> just because it gets... I don't it, know. Are we just over the formula now? I think, yeah, it is very much the same. And maybe because I'm a lot older now, I'm just finding the people who are on there highly mm-hmm. irritating. I often think you can't go back to something. Like, let something be great and then let it finish. Yeah, and move I on agree. to something else. Yeah. Like, yeah. didn't they try to bring back Blind Date recently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, not worth it. I didn't yeah. see any of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was Paul O'Grady as well, who I love, but it's not similar. No, it's not and it's similar. not the 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, if anyone is watching Shipwreck still, I doubt anyone is. Because, <laughs> again, it's on every weekday night at nine. Whereas it used to just be on once a Yeah, week. on T4 on Sundays. Yeah. And, and also, like, nine till ten is not that late in summer. But actually in winter, like, no, no, I'm winding down at that point. I can't give up nine till ten because that's, like, the one hour I have before bed. Yeah, so anyway, it's so true. Um, how much longer is it on for? Oh, God, I don't know. I watched the first three episodes and that's it. I also watched something else really bad. But this is when I was at my sister's. I worked from home on Wednesday and she's had a baby. So I was there, kind of, we didn't want anything too distracting on because I was working and there was a baby. But I watched telly. <laughs> in the background and this is why it's so good to have on the background because it was so shite it was called Instant Hotel and it's basically (laughs) like four in a bed but set in Australia where each B&B owner basically they come together four or five different teams and travel around Mm. going to each one and rating it accordingly that is a classic daytime TV show it sounds like it definitely has all the tropes of that but loads of people are talking about it it's on Netflix isn't it yes so it's just come on Netflix it was on this ST style barometer of like things that are cool yeah. as oh. something that you should be checking out that people are really into and, and I've had a few friends mention it so I'm confused where it's got this kind of cult status from though because it does sound pretty daytime TV it sounds yeah. so daytime anyway <laughs> yeah don't watch that <laughs> no, so was it, why was it rubbish I don't know it was just really one of those like really formulaic programs and the people some of them were absolutely awful <laughs> there were too many episodes and you kept seeing the same awful people so uh, yeah not for me okay. not but, on a plus for anyone who didn't see it the first time around the assassination of Gianni Versace <gasps> it's just launched best. on Netflix it's so if anyone so didn't good. see it before I highly recommend it did you love it Becky? I absolutely loved it he fully deserved the awards he got I mean he was he disturbing was Darren Chris, Beyond, right? Mm-hmm. yeah that Phil Collins scene I don't know who has seen it but like yeah, petrifying I, I gave up but I give up on a lot of TV I feel mm. like I should go back I can see him. why you gave up I watched the first one and you know why? Because the murder happened in the first one yeah. and I kind of knew what happened to him. I knew that he was eventually caught so I was yeah. like, well, I need to kind of watch this mm. play out. And but then, maybe I'm wrong. I think probably episode three it then goes back to lots of other murders he committed mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So I suppose like, it might pick up interest again there. I can't deal with all the murder stuff. I really just, <laughs> I can do like one at a time but after you and even Fire Island, like I find all these things quite distressing. Mm. So I started watching Grace and Frankie which everybody talks about. Oh my God, my mum is obsessed <laughs> with Grace 
it's a I like kind of background show and this is perfect because obviously it's like you know there's five seasons so there's loads to get through but I don't think you need to watch it that intently it's got way more heart and soul than I mm. thought it did so it's basically about two women in their 60s or 70s who find out in, again not a spoiler in the pilot that their husbands who are long term business partners are gay and are leaving both of their wives for each other and they hate each other like one is like the super glamorous she's Jane Fonda like mm-hmm. so super glamorous was entrepreneur who is very polished and kind of Park Avenue and then the other one is Lily Tomlin who plays this you know really hippie weed smoking grey haired <laughs> kind of liberal and yeah so it starts with them really not getting on at all but then they shared a property as the two couples which they both end up wanting to live in so obviously it becomes about the two of them and their relationship but the men feature really heavily in it as well one of the husbands is played by Martin Sheen for fans of the West Wing I know he's obviously in a lot but like one of his most iconic roles is in the West Wing and it's like a complete departure for him and it's just really sweet and fun and really refreshing to see something about older people and it's lovely it's laugh out loud and it's there's quite a lot of sadness particularly I think at the beginning I suspect that probably dissipates a bit as you move away from the initial divorce shock but it's really lovely it's really I think it's really funny and I also think it's really good to see a drama at that age going through something like that as well like Mm. it's a much more modern way of looking at it which I think is really interesting yeah absolutely is that on Netflix it's on Netflix Netflix. all five seasons it's a Netflix original Mm. and it's actually written by or at least created by Marta Kaufman who is one of the people behind friends obviously so yeah quite a good pedigree so yeah. I think if, if you want something to kind of replace your Gilmore Girls and something a bit more lighthearted, then I recommend it mm. oh one more thing I have to mm. mention is Dolly Alderton's Love Stories podcast have you listened to this no okay so she's done a new one so she has a podcast not just the high low but Love Stories which is her own podcast it, it's almost like Desert Island Discs about love so you know greatest loves of your life and most passionate and you know all those kind of things and she kicked off season two with Stanley Tucci who <gasps> yeah oh, uh, yeah I'll tell you this podcast was made for you oh my god so write, write it down I've so seen everyone tweet everyone is yeah. talking about yeah. it and I'm like I really hate it when people kind of jump on the bandwagon and like insta story mm-hmm. a podcast because it's like yeah I know everyone's talking about it but it is epic first of all I hadn't realised that he was a widower and that he lost yeah. his first wife a number of years ago and so he has three teenage children when she passed away and he is now of course married to Emily Blunt's sister yes <laughs> um, I didn't know that yeah um, which is the Such, best bit of trivia yeah. they met after the Devil Wears Prada oh which is god. the best film of all time yeah. the best film ever it's just amazing he has an Italian upbringing so spends a really large portion of the podcast talking about pasta which brilliant great (laughs) Um, loads of great pasta recommendations and then all the love stuff is so touching he speaks so honestly and she asks him really poignant and kind of raw questions and he answers with like real sincerity and thought and honesty and it's just really moving oh, and wow. really touching and yeah everybody cool. should listen to it whether you kind of know much about him or not and what makes it so different from the first season is it that he is so fantastic yes. or is it that it's a completely different sort of style no it's no. him okay. it's him I assume they discussed before like can I ask you about this and can yeah. I ask you about yeah. that he talks about when they went to see Mary Poppins and he took his youngest son and how like the beginning scene of you know Emily Blunt's whole family they arrange like a whole big screening he's there with his new wife one of the second songs in Mary, like very early on in that film is a widower like crying over the loss of his wife and like and he talks about mm. exactly how that feels he's just really honest about wow. all of it and it's really amazing so yeah I really recommend it oh download. I'll definitely be downloading that uh. Okay, we're going to talk a bit about horoscopes now. We do a monthly forecast with astrologer Fiona Graham. But I don't think 
we've ever actually talked about our horoscopes on the podcast before. I certainly haven't. No, I haven't either. So it is the beginning of Feb. So I thought we could maybe have a look at what's in the stars for us this month. <laughs> Becky, what are you? So I'm born on the 21st of June, but it's completely on the cusp between Gemini and Cancer. Okay, so do you pick actually, which one you prefer? Yeah, I mean, to everyone hates a Gemini. <laughs> they literally hate Gemini. So I'm always like, oh, I'm Cancer. Which yeah. I don't think you're a Gemini. I think I'm a Cancer. Yeah, yeah. you're not a Cancer. You strike me as like got one lovely personality and that's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. thanks, guys. So I would say I'm on the cusp, but I would definitely say I associate more with Cancer. What are the character traits? Of, I know this is quite a hard question because I'm never quite sure, but do you know what the character traits are for a Cancer? I think Cancers, they're quite calm, they're quite home they're very loyal and just quite relaxed, whereas then Geminis are on the opposite end of the spectrum and they're just completely like, give me all the attention in the world, which actually I do hate. I mean, I'm just not great with that. My mum's a Gemini and she's not like that at all. I know, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I thought Gemini was that you'd have two kind of really opposing personalities. And you're quite chatty. I'd say I'm a mix of the two, but I would say... You sound like Cancerian. Yeah, Yeah. I'm Cancerian. And so mine says that I am going to have an unplanned change of direction. (laughs) not leaving as I hope. (laughs) I mean, I've only just joined. But yeah, so that's interesting. And then it says... It does actually say from the 20th, look out for other people's poor management as this could affect your own business. <laughs> Mine's a bit bleak. <laughs> but it also says that there's going to be a lot of fun this month. So I think it's balanced. There's some, there's some goods and bads. And apparently I could become a romantic adventurer. Oh, wow. Ooh. Full of highs and lows. It sounds like you're going to have quite a busy month. Yeah, I'm going to have a busy fair. <laughs> Do you listen to horoscopes? No, not really. And I also always, I'm a bit sceptical about horoscopes. I sort of think there's always something in it that makes you relate to it do you know what I mean okay so does anything in there ring true actually no, no. not in this one but that's me Lou, for the month. believe in horoscopes yeah, I think I'm actually pretty similar to you Becky I think often you'll read ahead and obviously those things haven't happened yet and I think probably if you read back after the month you'd be like okay well yeah that happened and maybe that was that but I think it would probably be the same if you read it for every single horoscope mm. I agree so I don't know I'm a bit sceptical with these types of things really so mine is apparently that I've got off the wall ideas delivering stunning results as early as the seventh and I'm firing all cylinders but I also need to be worried about overstretching myself financially and be careful with my time oh (laughs) I don't know what are you Lou I'm a Capricorn okay and would you say you are a Capricorn I just I don't know I find it really interesting when people say to me oh you're a Capricorn and I'm like and I don't know someone would like to tell me what that means I'll tell you I don't know what it means but I've got a few Capricorn friends you're not really like them okay and they're not really like each other you know I don't know Heather, take anything from it ever? I always read them, but yeah, I do take it all with a very mm-hmm. large pinch of salt. But I still, for whatever reason, enjoy being like, right, let's see what this <laughs> month yeah. has in the store. I yes. don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> Me and Becky were talking about these the other day, actually, because I always thought before I started working on sort of women and mags that they were just written by someone in the editorial team, kind of like, right, what are we going <laughs> to put this month? So I was pleasantly surprised that actually we do talk to somebody mm. who's in the biz and it isn't just a kind of a phony thing which I always assumed yeah. it was no so no no we have got we a go. we didn't make up an astrologer did we no we did not but yeah I'm a Pisces <laughs> and, me too and oh, so, uh, the 11th of March okay when's oh, yours 25th of Feb apparently we're both on stunning form uh, yes <laughs> some words eh <laughs> there's actually the word dazzle in it as well yeah. <laughs> apparently though from the 7th it's especially easy to misinterpret confusing signals mm-hmm. which I believe the 7th so is my off the 
all ideas. We get confused completely. Well, the thing I find difficult about horoscopes is that I never know which bit is supposed to apply to what area of my life. So, for example, in mine, it says the time has come to reap the benefits of the fact that I'm on stunning form and to make sure that what you ask for is what you really want. Is that at work? Is that in my personal life, my romantic life? My, you know, the gym? Like, what, yeah. what area of my life is but that I think, to cover? But I think that's for you to then interpret cool. the way you want yeah. it to be. Like, if you were suddenly like, oh, that means work, then that's yeah. what I focus on. Yeah. So I think it's meant to be ambiguous like yeah. that so that, Definitely. you know, you direct yourself in a certain mm-hmm. way anyway. Yeah. Does anyone else ever read their other halves as well? Yes, to see how I've they done match that. Up? <laughs> I have done that a yeah, couple so of times. So apparently, uh, this is my boyfriend's, praise will come your way from an unlikely source. Ooh. which would renew your confidence and your sex appeal. I'm like, Ooh. hang on. Harry said, says someone's going to make him feel really special long before the hallowed 14th. So be prepared to appreciate this for what it is. There's an opportunity for you. Yeah. Mine is the same as Ben's. There's something, hang on, there was something about our love life. Yes, a breakthrough in love is almost certainly on the way. Be ready for it. Well, at least we'll have a breakthrough we'll together. together. Yeah. My boyfriend's getting we're... praised for the like <laughs> Maybe yeah. our breakthrough is that we're shit together. Like, no. My boyfriend says various developments demand that you keep a close eye on shared cash arrangements. And my other friends are out Well, that is very consistent with yours. So I think there might be more in it than we thought there was. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's talk about fitness now. We wrote a piece about the best new fitness classes to try in 2019 from a new Barry's Bootcamp opening to the workout that Rosie Huntington-Whiteley swears by. Has anyone tried any of the classes on this list? So I was actually going to go to the Body by Simone class last week because anything that promises me I will look anything like Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, <laughs> I will be there. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't make it. So I'm going to definitely try and go because that is like my absolute dream. And yeah. hers is a mix of what, like dance? Yeah, dance sort of repetition workout and I think just like a bit of fun but a bit of movement sort of strengthening every part of your body really. That sounds good. A mixture I think yeah. is the key mm. to getting through a class. Becky, fan of a faddy class or are you a gym girl? Yeah, so I wrote this one and actually I am much more into classes because I just wouldn't go to the gym so I'm so bad at mm-hmm. finding the time but classes, I feel like you're forced to do it and the one that sticks out to me on this was the 10 stretch because it's not, I mean, classic me because it's not actual 
exercise. <laughs> but it's literally designed to stretch you out and take care of weary muscles. So it's like a 30 minute class, I think, where you just completely, I mean, it's like relaxation. <laughs> but they focus great. on movements to kind of take out all your knots, which is what I really need. And I just think it would be quite therapeutic. Is there like a yoga or a Pilates angle to it, or is it? It's Pilates, yeah. It's like a Pilates angle, but the design of it is to just completely align you. Yeah. It's meant to give you effects of a deep tissue massage. So Ooh. I think it would be really, I'd that's love so to try it. I'm desperate yeah, that to go. sound good, that one. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's not cheap. It's £30 a class. Yeah. I guess that's like what you pay for a massage. massage. Yeah. yeah. They say that it's good for your health. So, wow. I mean, that would be the excuse I'd use for 30 quid. But yeah. yeah. I think that sounds amazing. Yeah. What other classes do you like in London? I did one with Shona Virtue once in London, who is incredible. I mean, I think also the thing with Shona Virtue is you want to look like Shona Virtue. Mm-hmm. So her classes are just so good and they're intense. If you don't know who she is, she's kind of, she fuses like uh, Pilates with really high intense workouts, circuit training, trains David Beckham. And she's just amazing. She's like a little pocket rocket. She's amazing. And her class is really hard. Really hard. You just have to go for it. And it's usually 50 minutes, but you really get something from it. They're amazing. Yeah, I bet. Heather, are you into gym classes? No, no. I hate anything that's kind of a group <laughs> exercise when it comes to exercise You'd rather anyway. you yourself by food. As a yeah, I do like going to the gym. I like doing that. I do sometimes go to a yoga class mm. a couple of times a month. But yeah, again, I just hide at the back and do my thing. But yeah, no, anything that's too kind of intense. Basically, if anything, if I'm going to make a real tit out of myself <laughs> in front of people, I just try to avoid. Whereas at the gym, you can kind of just do your own thing and hide away. Well, that's why I like Cobox because it's really dark, like really <laughs> yes. dark. But there's a new one on this list called Hiss or H-I-I-S. Yes. Um, which is high intensity interval skipping. Yeah. So I was pretty fit about two years ago, not so much anymore, but skipping was like my thing. And I used to do like half an hour skipping every day. Oh, and wow. yeah, and it is hard. Yeah. It's so good for you. So this is a new class. It's 60 minutes, which is a pretty long time. I think it sounds like the kind of Cobox Barry's format. Yeah. Where it's a mix of hit and skipping. Yeah. Yeah, so you get to do a bit of burpees and all sorts. So I think it is oh, literally... God, I'm tired to think Yeah, about I know. Just thinking about it makes you want to have a sit down. But it's reportedly loved by people like Gigi Hadid. And so, again, anything that can get me a little bit closer to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that one. Supermodel standards on this table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aiming high. Well, if you are interested in trying out some new classes, there's a few on this list. Barry's is just open in Canary Wharf. Yes. So if that is your thing, then something a little more east for you. And DW Fitness First by Reebok Dance workout series that's a mouthful that also <laughs> yeah. sounds pretty fun though doesn't it and Block London which is growing all the time loads of people were talking to me about it so I thought let's definitely put that in because it sounds really interesting well they've got 160 classes a week to choose from so it sounds like it's worth checking out yeah something for absolutely everyone there Let's talk about improving your decision-making now. Some make knee-jerk decisions, whilst others tend to sweat the small stuff. So if you're in the latter camp, we ask the experts how you can become more efficient in your decision-making. Heather, good at making decisions? No, I'm very much in the other camp. I do like to ruminate and stress, I'd say, (laughs) (laughs) over any decisions, really. Not even, you know, the big ones, but I like to be sure I'm making the right decision. I do feel like I also have a very good gut instinct as well so I think sometimes it's kind of trusting that and just going with it I'm trying to do that a lot more and have you found that in the past your gut has been right yeah I'd say so yeah completely but I have to kind of talk myself out of getting too stressed and anxious about even like really insignificant decisions I still do kind of really have to stop myself from my mind just wondering and wondering and Mm -hmm. trying to you know land on the best option Lou what about you 
Yeah, I'm really the same. I'm terrible at making decisions and I can really get myself into a flurry about it. Yeah. I tend to find with the bigger decisions, I'm more led by my gut. I think you do kind of know. But for me, it's more those like middle ground, insignificant mm-hmm. things where there really isn't a right or wrong. I really don't have a good reaction and I get myself so worried about them. I don't know why. I'd say, yeah, I'm the same. And it's yeah. ridiculous. So, you know, really boring things like if we're booking a holiday, what day should we be flying? What airline? How much should we be spending? on x to y and like those things like that where i just i can get myself in such a pickle and have you found ways of managing that over the years it kind of i think goes in waves at different stages i'm probably better at it or more affected by it than others but i wouldn't say i've sort of found a good coping mechanism i think it's just sort of having a sort of stern word with yourself and be like stop being ridiculous make a decision and then it's also like nothing's ever bad has come from making a wrong decision I think the more you sort of get your head around that then it's better so for this feature we spoke to a clinical hypnotherapist Fiona Lamb and also a counsellor Lorna Cordwell and they explained that it is that fear of making the wrong decision that is what gives us that anxiety it's a total fear and one of our contributors said never before in the history of mankind have we been more aware of other people the online world the compare and despair aspect of seeing how others lead their lives the feeling that we lack something all of these things can make even the strongest and most decisive person fear making a decision we all feel like we're under the microscope and everyone Mm. can judge us do you think that those are factors that make it a bit worse becky yeah i absolutely do and actually in the beauty industry specifically as journalists everybody knows everything so i think you're always very aware of people knowing what you're doing and then you sort of tend to panic about what they think and I am awful for that I'm such a what if person and I do hope I grow out of it because I've noticed here they've said let go of the what ifs and I do need to do that because otherwise you'll just drive yourself insane and Mm. Harry once said to me that whatever decision you make at the time is the right decision because it's the right decision in that moment but I still Mm -hmm. haven't got my head around that and I think sometimes if you have made a different decision and maybe consequently you wish you had done something else you do learn something from it so you be like okay next time I do that I'll now know not to do this I should have done that so you get something from it so it may not have been the experience you thought you had but you do get something else so I think often you just need to remind yourself that there will be an outcome to whatever happens Mm -hmm. and it's really not the end of the world yeah do you think having the self-awareness knowing that you're somebody who finds it stressful making decisions do you think that helps at all like personally I know I just kind of get caught up in this web of okay well I know I'm struggling with this because of this okay but then what if the reason I'm getting really stressed is because I'm like you know it, mm-hmm. it becomes this kind of vicious cycle mm-hmm. in your head in a way it's better not to have that self-awareness I'd agree yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're always preparing yourself for the negative kind of mm. questions yeah so you answer them straight away I don't know if it's a female thing as well but I feel like my girlfriends and I are more susceptible to this type of thing mm. than the men in my life I don't know if you feel the same yeah. I, agree. Mm-hmm. I think we're also quite bad at asking I mean this is a bit generalizing but I am so bad at asking other people's opinions so I'm always like oh what do you think what do you think and then that just makes me go even more yeah, and, and it's, it's like you really have to be careful not to do that yeah. because then well I actually say sometimes it can make you realise what you do think you're like actually I didn't really <laughs> want you to say that I think this one clearly or you can get so caught up in what other people think that you're then that's more important and it should yeah. really be what you want to do what not what want. anyone else is doing mm, no, that's so true so in this piece Fiona gave us some pieces of advice for 
making more balanced, rational decisions. So they included slowing down, so not making decisions when you have a heightened emotion. I think that is so good. And you learn yeah, that yeah. as well, don't you? It's so easy to kind of make a decision or make a react to something in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. And, and you need to go away. And, yeah, often uh, just sleeping on something can yeah. really make a difference. Yeah. Definitely. Don't live in the past. She says it can be difficult to make decisions based on facts if we have bad experience in the past. It's important to remember that this is a totally new situation and set of circumstances. That is so true if it's something like an issue with your boss. That boss is not the same as a boss in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Let go of the what ifs, Becky. Mm-hmm. Embrace change. The only constant in life is change. and We have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That is something that I massively struggle with. I'm not good with change and just being okay with not being in control and being uncomfortable is not, mm. does not sit very well with me. And stop putting pressure on yourself to get it right. Remember there are no mistakes, only lessons. When you give yourself permission to fail and are not too hard on yourself, choices feel a lot easier. Nobody gets it right all the time and that's okay. I think that's quite encouraging. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Good. Going makeup free to work, parties and big events sounds both intimidating and liberating, but nobody would know better than you, Becky, because mm. you did it for 10 whole days. I right? know. 10 days. Yeah, 10 days. Tell us about it. I mean, this was just a weird experiment I set myself not that long ago because I was just so fed up of wearing makeup every day. And it wasn't just, I think I had a conversation with someone in my old job and we were saying how there's something about not wearing makeup when you can connect with people on a different level, which sounds really deep. This wasn't literally the reason for it. But I was just a bit, I felt like there was so much going on. And I've put in here that, you know, there was the whole no makeup selfie and then came like Jennifer Aniston being in cake and she had no makeup on and all these big actresses were taken to the screen with nothing on and then I was also always seeing models with nothing on their faces runway after runway and then loads of people were like can you ever do that is that a thing and I was like well I don't know but I can give it a try and I did because I just thought well I would quite like to look like one of the models on the runway and I was like yeah it'd be really easy (laughs) and then obviously I tried and it really was not easy because I don't look like a supermodel (laughs) but that is so what what were the biggest takeaways from it yeah so I did it because I just wanted to feel a bit freer I've spoken about before how I've had acne and I just constantly felt like I was loading my skin with a load of stuff that didn't need and I just wanted to take a break from it just for my own reasons so I did and what I learned was that I'm basically not someone who's going to wear foundation every day which was the biggest thing because I'm not someone who wears loads. I don't cake it on, but I was wearing foundation every single day, which I don't think helped my skin. And you just learn little hacks. I mean, I'm not a makeup teetotaler. I never will be. It was really bloody hard, especially going without mascara because I look like a little boy. (laughs) But I think I just learned that there's ways of pairing back. You know, you don't need a whole face every day. You can take care of your skin. But you did go teetotal for those 10 days. I did did do teetotal for the 10 days just to give it a break. And even things like giving my lashes a break and you do really notice the difference when you put mascara back on they are much fuller but I spoke to several makeup artists and I don't know if you know Terry de Gunsberg she's behind by Terry the makeup brand I mean she was like makeup free is bloody hard like she said models can do it because you know they are models but it's quite a raw look so she said the one thing to do is just to pare back your makeup and just go with concealer or just things that make you feel good but don't cover your whole face I think that was what I wanted to gain from it I wanted to learn how to pair back so did you used to wear much more makeup than you do now look at you now it looks like you've just got mascara on but yeah well exactly and I did I used to have foundation and when I say a lot it was just a full face it wasn't like I didn't go to wear with like extensions and my (laughs) eyes lashes 
it was just I would you know properly make an effort with foundation and all the steps mm. whereas I think it's just quite refreshing to take a step back yeah. and also there's something quite nice about them people seeing you with a full face of yes. makeup yeah. I really notice that on people yeah. who don't yeah. most of the time and then, and then when you do, do I know and I think that was part of it as well I just think there were so many different reasons but what I took away from it was you can pair back and still look like you're wearing something without mm. going OTT and did you feel not embarrassed but sort of less attractive or oh my more God, shy I've when you were, yeah more self-conscious 100% like oh it was awful I mean I had <laughs> my brother one of them was like oh this means your eyelashes won't look so clumpy anymore and I was like <laughs> right it's a bit hard um, but also not just that yeah going to work was really hard because you're just completely like you feel like everybody's staring at you everyone tells you you look tired and you do I think that was actually the hardest bit was my eye area not the face it's your eyes mm. but yeah everyone told me I looked tired I was really self-conscious going to work events or just going out and Aww. like going out with friends the best bit was going home and not having to take my makeup off yeah, so like 2am yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah I could never do it permanently I mean I take my hat off to anyone that really enjoys not wearing makeup but it's hard it's very hard so now you're kind of back on the bandwagon but doing it less what are your tips what are the things mascara concealer what else so one of the biggest ones I learned was to use skincare as your replacement makeup which was a really nice tip because actually you can even use SPF as a highlighter which is really oh. nice because some of them have got really pretty sheeny textures yes. like La Roche-Posay have some really nice ones. Even Origins, I think, have got some. There's so many SPFs out there that are kind of blurred between skincare and SPF and they've got subtle sheens. And also finding serums that sheeny, just basically anything with sheeny textures to give your skin a nice glow and just tapping it along your cheekbones or just in areas that need something. You can still use a highlighter. Just oh, God, yeah, skin, you can right? still... Yeah, exactly. And actually, I um, interviewed Beyonce's makeup artist yesterday and he Casual. said... <laughs> Casual, just drop that, that in. Yeah. And he said, there's something really nice now about seeing the rawness of a dark circle. Or he was like, it's nice to see a bit of texture in your face. But again, so that's where it comes in with just using a dab of concealer mm. and things like always carrying a plain spoolie brush around with you just to brush up your brows mm. and eyelashes and also cream blushes. One thing I learned mm. from it was the power of a cream blush, not a powder, a cream, because it's liquidy. Again, it's sheer and it just gives you that warmth that you need when everything else looks like Gollum <laughs> <laughs> I've always used a cream brush yeah, yeah, cream yeah. my whole life and I have to I swear by the Stila yeah. one in Lilium I've used it my whole life yeah and then the final one is finding a mascara that's got like a thinner wand just because I thought that was a good tip yeah because I think so many people want to wear mascara but it can look clumpy and Pixie have got a really good one and it, honestly it just makes you look like you've had a lash tint so it's not thick clumps as my brother would mm. say <laughs> it's just really subtle definition it's kind of the look you want when you're on holiday or something yeah. like that you know it's just really paired back and it's Pixie really are super wear. affordable as well Pixie's right? super affordable I think it's like 12 quid that mascara it's mm. called um, 188 the Benefit Roller Lash is another really good one yes. yeah. yeah really thin basically thin ones mm. yeah really nice Lily Heather I'm looking at you guys you also don't wear a lot of makeup either no I'm not very good at it and if I ever go to I don't know Selfridges or whatever and I'm at the makeup hall and I, they'll like have a go at my face I just think I look really weird when I've got proper makeup on do you think it's because you're not used to seeing yourself done up probably and I think my look is maybe just slightly more pared back 
But mascara for me is the one I think mm. I look the most different without. And so if I'm on holiday, I'll get like a lash tint before I go because I think that really makes yeah. makes a big difference. But on the weekends, I won't wear makeup. I really like having a break because I think that when you do put something on, you're like, ooh, yeah, it's so much better now. I think for women, it's nice that we can sort of change up our look a bit more from, you know, different levels of how much makeup we're wearing. Yeah, exactly. Heather? Indeed. Basically, I didn't wear any makeup for about four months just before I started started working here and I only started wearing it again because I kind of felt like I should look a little bit more polished and Rich was there with his camera for three days I was like yeah I think I'll start wearing my uh, eyeliner again but yeah it was the same thing because I, I always wear my kind of heavy liquid eyeliner and mascara so when I did go into the office the first time again I for the first few days I did keep getting people giving me kind of second looks or being like why do you look different or <laughs> even two people were like oh you look really different without your glasses on I don't wear glasses they just couldn't work out why I looked so different but yeah once everyone had kind of made oh you look tired Mm. or you ill or those kind of (laughs) comments and worked out what it was yeah no one kind of cared so I didn't care just kind of got on with it so since then I felt a hell of a lot more confident just not wearing it so yeah same as you Lou often at the weekend if I'm not going to go anywhere in particular Mm. I'll just put like some tinted lip balm on or something do my eyebrows and that's it just kind of leave it and I think if you look after your skin you maybe don't need quite so much Mm. and I think often people are so set in their routine of what they put on actually like do you need that much which is exactly why I did it yeah I think that is a really good point and I think it's also about so many people do like going makeup free on the mm. weekends it is about converting that the day to day and it is easier than I thought yeah mm. and I also <laughs> would say I think if it makes you feel better to be wearing oh, X yeah. or Y or whatever, then just do that. Yeah. Because even, you know, from like wearing a good outfit or a shit outfit, it can really transform the way you feel, the way you think people are interacting mm. with you. So I think just do what works oh, for yeah, you, really. Just, just do you. I think that's the case for me. I'm all or nothing. So I'm the same on the weekends I wear, unless I'm going out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, but in the days I wear nothing. But I don't feel ready to leave my house if I haven't put my full face on in the morning and I, I don't think I look like I wear like huge amounts of makeup yeah. but I do I wear foundation and eyeshadow and, and the full works every day because I don't like that in between on me I still look just putting on mascara and lip balm I still can see whether other people notice it or not I don't know but I still see the red patches mm-hmm. and the dark circles it's exactly as you say to me it's like wearing trackies to the office that it yeah. would feel like yeah. the equivalent yeah. of just not pulling myself together I think it's probably something you learn from your mum like my mum used to put on her full face every day whether she was you know popping to the supermarket or like going out mm-hmm. for a big day like that's just kind of always what she did so to me that's just what you do when you get up in the morning and I certainly wouldn't if I was chilling at home yeah. but you know game face on to me that means full face of makeup yeah I do think it's true I think it's just whatever makes you happy completely it's just interesting that so many people are looking to move towards it it's an interesting movement yeah and god looking at all of you with your bare faces it's certainly a bit of inspiration for us all let's end by talking about the wedding diaries sorry there won't be many if you're bored of it you haven't got long to go because my wedding is creeping around the corner and this month's wedding diaries was all about the various outfits necessary because it sounds like when you're getting married abroad there's a few events involved so obviously you've got to get married in the UK as well assuming you're doing even something very small scale which we are just a registrar and a lunch you want something nice to wear to that and then we're doing a bit of a party to kick off the whole thing and I really quite fancy a dress to change into after party as well why not why Why not not? exactly how many have you got so far I have none I have none none. you wear the dress I have the wedding dress 
So that's the big one. That's, that's, the, yeah. that's the important that one, right? Like if everything else is a disaster, <laughs> I've got the dress. But I know I want to wear white to all of these things. That kind of helps that narrow helps. it down. I know that I'm only looking for white things. Because actually it's much harder for like my mum, for example, who needs yeah. an equal amount of outfits but could wear anything mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But yeah, I really wanted to tell people about the different range of brands there are out there, probably most of which you'll have heard about before, but not necessarily places you would think to look for these events. So for example, we've got a Jewish thing the week before for, which is a tradition in synagogue the week before you get married and the dress code for that is akin to going to quite a traditional British wedding I suppose right. it's like going to a, you know, a smart lunch for somebody's wedding Whistles have some really great dresses for that kind of thing Rixo is perfect for that kind of thing too something passionate that is probably the one I won't wear white to but also little tips like the civil wedding you can break with tradition Emily Ratajkowski obviously wore that incredible mustard yellow Zara suit for her wedding so again it doesn't have to be anything hugely expensive expensive or anything white and then when it comes to the after party she wants something really sparkly and really sequiny so if anyone sees anything fun out there this is the outfit i'm most excited of charlotte's we often will be sending each other basically anything sparkly and short <laughs> and white and white <laughs> and white and whitish um, so i think... saw you doing that earlier today oh yeah yeah it's a good one yeah. the one i said today <laughs> really oh, it it so one, you yeah. know. but do you guys find it hard to dress for weddings or for the various events around weddings i find it quite hard dressing for weddings especially ones that are sort of in winter when it's cold it's like oh mm. god what the hell am i going to wear and I'm still yet to get myself a really nice power suit so I've got a wedding in mid-April and that could be anything yeah. any type that of could weather be, it could no, be like don't know. snowing or yeah. it could be baking hot so it's really hard to prepare yeah really Lou? yeah I also find it really difficult I think because the colour palette that I tend to enjoy wearing is basically black navy white cream and grey and work for a wedding unless you're the bride <laughs> and I can wear white so I'll look forward to that day <laughs> But navy and black is difficult sometimes because mm. it can be too overbearing. You don't want to be too dark. So often I'll go down the separate route. So in the summer I had white trousers and a navy top. <laughs> and I've done that a few times. But no, I do find it tricky, actually. Mm. I think particularly in the summer when often the dresses are sort of slinky, strappy. Yeah. And that is just not a look that I feel comfortable wearing. No. So yeah, I find it hard, actually. Mm. Heather? Yeah, in the summer as well, there is the worry that if you get something new, there might be somebody else. Else wearing it yeah, as well because yeah. I have seen that at a wedding before and yeah that's kind of stuck in my brain mm-hmm. quite a bit I yeah. think if that happens you just got to embrace oh, it yeah. and own it completely yeah. <laughs> but yeah I'm going to a couple this year so I'm kind of going to start looking now yeah. just in case yeah. so that doesn't happen if I get my outfit early enough then hopefully yeah, yeah. Yes. there's also a sort of re-wearing like yes. you've got to think about who was there will there be any crossover yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah if not then you can definitely wear it and also I feel like that about my own wedding in terms of re-wearing I don't want to buy five outfits or however many and then just have them yeah. sit in my cupboard for the rest of my life that's yeah. such a waste so yeah. apart from the dress itself yeah. I feel like I need to do some careful shopping yeah. to find things that are rewearable. we did a wardrobe tour last week with a stylist called Gail Rinkoff and she had her wedding shoes in her shoe cupboard which she had actually had dyed oh, and she then had said that she'd worn them loads and loads and loads since so I thought that's such a good idea mm, that is yeah. a good idea um, that you think they're not going to go to waste so again some of my tips in this piece were to buy one statement accessory that would then carry you through all of the things yeah. so whether it's like 
one bag or one pair of shoes, mm. make sure you can kind of continue to rewear the same thing. So you're not spending a fortune God, accessorizing yeah. and also having to think and faff with yeah. all the different bits involved. And also the high street. I mean, I know it's really lovely to have a pair of Louboutins or Manolos or something for your wedding, but God, M&S shoes are comfy and yeah. they could do great heels. Yeah. And actually really to kind of think outside the box and it doesn't have to be the most expensive or special pair because you might not even wear them And again. no one sees them on no your wedding day, do they? They're yeah. so hidden. Yeah. Like, mm, exactly. No. Well, unless you've got a short little number. Well, yeah. Wait and see. <laughs> I'm joking. My wedding dress is not short. <laughs> but the second one will be. Anyway, I think that's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, please do rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends and we'll see you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.